0: Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Bright Kumalo. Tackling your stock related questions this evening are Alex Days from Umtombo Wealth and Gary Boyson from Rent Swiss. Uh, don't forget to send those questions via SMS to 41392. Email Stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Gary, Alex, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks in the markets, uh, certainly global markets to say the least. I mean, slowly you know clawing our way back into break even and obviously uh, we are closer in the jse than we are maybe uh, you know in something like the nasdaq or the s p 500 um uh, the first question gary it'll go to you gary um where are we today you know in in the JSE? how did we close how did we trade today
1: uh, good. Yeah, that's a great question, right? <laughs> so it was, it was mixed at lunchtime. I actually didn't see the close. So um, yeah, so it was it was a very mixed day. So I mean, we had a strong strong day on the resources. Yes. Um, they were up, uh, I think it was about point seven percent at one stage. Uh, uh, industrials coming off a little bit. Um, I think the resources were buoyed by Xara because they had results out today. Yeah, um, yeah financials also, financials were flat. So it was kind of a, a little bit of a lacklustre today, in, in my opinion. Yeah, let's talk about those Xara results.
0: I mean, I thought if you're in coal, you're printing cash, hand over fist. I mean, we saw um, the guys next door from me at the fire station building at <laughs> Tungela. Uh, they paid a dividend of 60 bucks. I mean, if you had bought those things at unbundling or you just kept your unbundling shares, you know, you're smiling to the bank, you're up about 300% and obviously you've got a, a dividend that's almost as equal as, um, you know, the, its listing price. Gary? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, look. Yeah. Exaro, Exaro, Exaro. Okay, I'll come to you, Alex. I don't think Gary can uh,
2: connect properly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously, Exaro has got this operational results, which is the, predominantly the coal assets. Yes. Uh, they did produce very good numbers. And then they've got, of course, the state incision, which actually, if you know the Kumba results, was actually down about 50%. So, but if you just look at the coal operation, did very, very well. So, but we know they could have been better because of the transit issues, some that we saw with, with Transnet and most likely will continue to do well in the eight second half uh, of this year. So for me, um, Xaro results, I thought was quite good, better than expected. Business is well positioned, valuation is still very compelling, good dividend yield. Uh, however, there is always capital allocation risk with, with, with Xaro and as a result, it's always a, because of that, there's a bit of a discount into in, in, the share price. But I think, yeah, solid results and the momentum is there we're going to call sign.
0: Yeah, okay, still sticking with Coal and Tungela and Xara, I mean, Tungela came to an agreement with uh, Transnet. What does it mean uh, for shareholders of Tungela and what does it mean for people who haven't reached any deal with with Transnet, considering they're in dysfunction right now? Alex?
2: Yeah, so Tungela did also announce this morning that this particular announcement will not make a big impact for the foreseeable results. Okay. Right, so okay. And there's also a chance that Transnet will once again underperform this new guidance. So there's no guarantee that they're going to do better. But it does does seem um, on face value it's positive because you know, there's a commitment from Transnet that they're going to do 60 million tons uh, and so forth. So, um, But the fact of the matter is Transnet is way below where it needs to be only a few years ago. And major investment there is required and as well as the vandalism and the crime that goes on to it. So there's lots of work that needs to be done fixing transnet and which is having a big impact on SA exports but it does seem like there could be a bit of a pickup from the numbers you saw in h1 and that will then be a net positive perhaps 12 months from now but as strong as Tungela said in this next six months you shouldn't expect much of the impact
0: okay fantastic um let's jump into our questions here uh, we have one that says afternoon to your panel please elaborate if 91 is a good buy at current price Thank you. This is on SMS, it
1: doesn't say who is coming from. Gary? Ninety one? Uh yeah, ninety one. So, so yeah, I think I think the sector is definitely goodbye. by I mean the the value unlock that, that ninety one has created for investors since it's unbundling from investor has been absolutely spectacular. Um we have seen a little bit of pressure on the share price and i I'd assume that's just because uh of general market pressure obviously asset managers make less money uh when when markets are falling uh you know the, the AUM is just a little bit lower but i mean it's it's a very well run business and so, i mean if you've got a view that markets are going to recover i think it, it's it's probably not a bad one to add to portfolios um at the same time it i suppose it really it really depends on your on your your overall outlook i mean asset managers are you know a little bit more resilient than some um uh you you know some other segments of the economy especially if we have you know very volatile commodity prices etc their earnings probably will be quite stable so the the sell-off that we're seeing at the moment uh, in the share price might be a a nice opportunity to accumulate okay um are you looking
0: at 91 at all um alex yes i agree with gary just said
2: that i mean i think 91 was my stop pick last time i was on the show yes um so certainly i do like it at these levels Um, also very po- important point for any a management firm, there's a lot of their costs are variable costs, which becomes to, to be bonuses. So when things are tough, they simply slash the bonuses and result, they're quite defensive on the bottom line. Uh, but 91 is a global business, it's growing assets all, uh, everywhere, it's based and all mandates. Um, they've got an excellent asset management team performance, will come back again, so I'm very confident buying 91 at these levels.
0: Okay, you still like 91, I like that. Um, uh, the other question is about uh, PSG on whether PSG is actually a good arbitrage opportunity at these levels. I mean, the the the, the discount hasn't closed between, uh, you know, you know, its share price and the perceived NAV by management, at least the reported
1: NAV. Um, Gary. Well, I don't know if it's a great arbitrage opportunity because I think I think there is the the sense in the market that, that the PSG shares, uh, the PSG underlying companies that are going to be unbundled, are going to have a little bit of an overhang. So, I mean, we, we obviously we got uh, you know current results out today, and I, I mean I thought they were, were very very good. I mean that guided well. Yeah. Uh, so they had said that that earnings were going to be up between three three and a half and and fifty percent. Um, and headline earnings came in at 42% so exactly where the market uh, thought it was and I think that's good good set of results but we've seen hardly any movement in in, in that underlying share price now the reason that you're not seeing a movement is it's probably going to be un- or it's going to be unrundled by PSG everyone's going to have these Kuro shares in their portfolio, and there's the idea that there could be some selling pressure coming through into into the market so. Um, you know, even though these are good businesses, I don't know if that discount is going to narrow quickly, and 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 so far we haven't seen it narrow. So, you know, is there an arbitrage opportunity? Will Will eventually? I, I suppose when when it unbundles, you will get you will get the value. So, I mean, I guess you've got to just work out the time value of money and see if it's worth waiting for. It.
0: And that's. I think you you hit the nail there in the head. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a conversation of patience and we know many investors are not patient and you know we're supposed to be in theory but it's hard uh, alex psg any closing remarks yeah i agree right?
2: with gary said there um uh, so shelters of course that uh, approve the deal um obviously there is going to be announcement i think sometime next week friday next week as Kira stated this There there's a couple of shoulders that of course that object uh against the, the structure and if that doesn't go through at all that means the whole deal will not go through so no unbundling and of course no off of 23 rand per share um so that is some of the risk involved there so as a result that will create a discount to the exit price as well as of course the time value of money so combination of two, those two factors or it there's not necessarily arbitrage because arbitrage means it's risk-free i mean this is certainly not risk-free um then something can go wrong and you can then of course lose out
0: yeah you can lose a lot uh, if the deal doesn't go through you know um or maybe their value is not realized at the levels you thought they would have, um, you know, in, in, in the best case scenario. Um, Muhammad Umar here says he'd like to know the panel's view uh, if uh, it's worth buying MTN at these levels.
1: Gary? MTN at these levels, uh, oh, good good question. So I mean, MTN has, has kind of been my preferred for a long time. Um, I mean, we have seen a little bit of a pullback, and, and obviously there's there's all the noise around the deal with Telkom and who's going to take over Telkom and how that's all going to work. But uh, yeah, I think MTN is a is a very robust business, and and while it is, I think a slightly more risky business than Vodacom, you know, I think the the, the underlying pricing uh, does does reflect that to an extent. I mean, uh, I am a little bit concerned just because MTN has had such an, a stellar run. I mean, when MTN was sub 100, it was for me it was almost a no brainer to buy MTN. I think at the moment it's kind of fairly valued. You, you've had a big run up in the share price. Um, it's kind of tracking sideways. I mean, it is a business that I think is a little bit more exciting than Vodacom just because of its presence across Africa, because of uh, you know the, the the more difficult jurisdictions that it operates in. I think my, my concern at the moment around MTN, and we are MTN shareholders, and it's kind of like moved from a screaming buy to a hold for me, is that with the with the, the problems that we're seeing internationally, uh, a lot of those, you know, with rising inflation, you know, the, the spike in commodity prices, increases in food prices, I think a lot of that is going to feed into to the emerging markets. I mean, we've already seen you know turmoil in Sri Lanka. A lot of a lot of um, developing uh, countries are, are very very stressed, and these are the geographies that MTN is operating in. So I think you're, you're going to be it's it's going to be the, the, I think their jurisdictions are going to become very very difficult. Uh, to operate in in the next at least the next uh, two years and you know whether that's going to feed into cell phone sales is difficult difficult to see but kind of the the geographic exposure which was a positive i think is, is kind of slowly turning into a little bit of a negative for me so I, I would still i'm still a holder of mtn but i would be i would be cautious i probably wouldn't be, be adding to a position at this stage okay. not mm-hmm. unless i saw some share price weakness
0: so it went from a screaming buy to a hold for you
2: gary uh and for you alex yeah, so the share price initially jumped quite a lot uh, after a several results came out and it's once again pulled back since then. Um, we thought the results were quite good. Um, you know, so cash ratio is quite good specifically after the spectrum, decent free cash flow. Uh, REs are picking up in the business and of course the leverage in business is much more palatable levels than been before. The risks regarding currencies and jurisdictions has always been and always will be there for MTN. And as a result, you do have a higher risk premium in the business compared to some of the other telecoms uh but first the key thing is the you know the ex- accelerate portfolio transformation they can do the value unlock you know so far they've unlocked give or take about 15.8 billion since march 2020 they can t- probably do another 10 billion wow. uh, soon and um you know so that's that's the type of things we really think is going to create some value in the meantime while the core issues they had in the past specifically regarding debt it's much more under control now um, They've been able to repatriate some money from from Nigeria, which is positive and so forth. But M T N is quite a complex business. Um, Obviously, you've got a lot of issues with hyperinflation, double of accounting and and so forth. So uh, what you actually print in your your accounting earnings and actually extracting cash doesn't necessarily always match. Um, As a result, once again, it increases the risks in the business. But um, we are content holding M T N. We think it's probably slightly below fair value at the moment, but there is a nice underpin as the value unlock happens over the let's call it over the six to next eighteen months. We think m10 share price is a decent entry point at this level.
0: How is the US market looking now and where did European markets close? I mean it's been an interesting couple of days there. We had our first day of red in four days of trading in the US.
2: Yeah so I mean the global market specifically US market has bounced quite a lot from let's call it about six weeks ago yeah. so we've seen a strong recovery there and normally due to the better than expected earnings season we saw in the United States as well as some economic data that's come through um, recently of course the inflation number is slightly better than anticipated as well, there's a bit of a relief relief rally opposed that but the fact of the matter is inflation is still very very high the US economy is under tremendous pressure uh, at the moment they are in a technical uh, recession And things are likely to get more difficult before it's going to get easier. We're also heading into midterm elections now and into November. So we're going to see a lot more rhetoric happening going forward. Um, So yeah, I think the, but if you look at the page book, for example, it shows that online economy is doing okay. But it's certainly been a slowdown uh, the specifically some of the inflation points that remain sticky like for example housing which is about a third of, of inflation basket
0: yeah
2: i can't see that coming down anytime soon so that's, that's going to be a random problem and a positive of course you're seeing oil prices come down quite a lot also over the last few weeks and that should give a little bit of boost to the consumer but overall um i think slightly better than expected from a results perspective as well be better, but the markets move quickly in the last six weeks it's been a, quite a nice bounce from its lows.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't wait for those uh, tweets where someone says, if you missed the last two months, you've basically haven't made money in 2022. You know, those always come and yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> That's not how market works. Uh, we've got uh, a question here on the SMS line, which says, um, Mondi is one of the few shares that hasn't recovered from the war in Ukraine and um, Russia. So is, is this a good time to... You know looking to buy mondi if you if you know you're on the sidelines and you had a bit of cash uh, gary
1: um yeah i don't think i don't think it's a bad time so they've sold off the russian business and it looks like they i, I think they they got a fairly decent price for it uh, i mean i think they, they they got a premium to to the the net asset value on that business which you probably wouldn't have expected from from, from russian assets and uh that you know that in themselves Means that they have, you know, largely removed themselves from war. I think. I think Europe and, uh, is, is going to be a difficult jurisdiction for for the next little But I think, you know, consumers are going to be under an enormous amount of pressure there. But. Um you know looking at Mondi, mondi a is a very well run business i mean it 's you know if you look at the london listing it 's down around thirteen uh, percent you know the, the the industry is certainly i think quite bullish on Mondi from these levels um, you know i mean we 've got ten strong buys on it and four holds with a potential upside of around twenty one percent i mean we hold we hold mondi in, in in portfolios at the moment and and i i would just i would say try and weather the storm it's it 's been a it's been a very difficult year for for equity investors and uh, and you know mondi unfortunately did have that exposure to russia but i think they they they've exited and and it's still a strong business it's a good uh, rand hedge stock for for south african consumers uh, at least south african uh, retail investors to hold so yeah i would i would think it has a position in portfolios
0: yeah i mean in, to to say the least uh, uh, it's down year to date yes but it's not down as some of the other businesses that didn't have Russian exposure, which you know, is mind boggling in itself. Equity markets are interesting, and this is why you get paid the big bucks, Gary. Um, Alex, uh, <laughs> do you have anything to add there or should we go on uh, and talk about other questions?
2: Yeah, so if you look at Monday, the share price hasn't done much over the last five years, uh, yeah. to be quite frank. Um, I thought that the Russian deal was very positive. You know, um, for them to sell it at quite a sizable premium to book value, I think is a huge uh, positive considering the market situation at the moment. There's no certainty, of course, this deal is going to go through. But if it does go through, I think it's it's probably the best the this could have hoped for because they've technically written it down to zero because of the invasion. Yeah. Um, they also announced that they're going to buy a business in um, Italy and also going to do quite a sizable investment in there. So there's some capital allocation risks there, but. Um, I think it's, it's a decent point to Mondi. It's a business that's got historically fantastic capital allocation. Recent sort of results was very, very good. And I would back them to be able to deliver good results if you take a medium term view, but it's not a short buy, uh, buy and flip type of business. You need to be yeah. patient and hold it.
0: Okay. So the theme today is be patient and hold. Um, we've got a question from Jonathan Govender here who say, who's asking, does the panel think conduits Conduit Capital, 70% share price drop over the last week is overdone. Uh, I'll start with you, Alex. You had strong, strong thoughts here.
2: Yeah, so I mean, if you look at Conduit Capital, uh, normally if you look at the core business they had was the uh, Constantia Insurance. That business has been struggling for underwriting for profit margin perspective for a number of years now. Um, they've also recently lose some, some major clients in there. So there's a real going concern about that business we saw with the you know, license being pulled and so forth.
0: 12 some, Wow, this thing is you traded like six bucks.
2: <laughs> they've also made some disastrous equity investments uh, over the last few years. For example, they went big into Trusco and, um, you know, also uh, what's out business, Taste Holdings. I mean, you just look at the holdings of those two companies, they've mostly gone to zero. Um, so, I mean, this is a business that's never been well managed in our view. The governance has been questionable at best. Um, and there's now serious um, you know survivability issues in the business liquidity solvency um it's difficult for me to say if the seven percent is justified, but I would simply not want to buy uh, condu- Conduit. This do it, risk is just too high. Remember a shop drop the share drops seventy percent it can still drop another hundred percent
0: wrong so be very careful um,
2: <laughs> trying to uh, pick this one at the bottom it might it might not survive.
0: Yeah, look, I, I can argue and say prior to, you know, change of ownership at Conduits. so if you were in maybe between 2010 to 2014 or even 2015 before the new shareholders with, you know, lots of U.S.-based type, uh, you know, flippers, uh, Warren Buffett, wannabes, uh, it, it had decent returns and until they fired one of the best, um, you know, um, underwriters at Constantia Capital and one of the co-founders. So it's been dwindling since then. And like you said, Trusco and, and Taste Holdings <laughs> it doesn't have you know great history either. And, and they haven't done well at all, to say the least. Um, anything to add there, Gary?
1: Uh, taste used to be a great story. <laughs> it just it never worked out. Well, but, the, uh, remember yeah,
0: the, I mean, the CEO also was fired there. And, Carlo Gonzaga, you know, exactly. yeah, it, it,
1: great story, great storyteller. It turned out it wasn't a great deal that he did. But um, yeah, I think looking at content Capital, I mean, it's 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 well outside of our our radar. So I mean, this, this is a company with a market cap of under 100 million rand. Uh, you know, like you say, down 85% for the year. Uh, liquidity getting in and out is, is, is an issue. Uh, it's not something that, that that we would even look at.
0: So you don't want to at the share price? Okay, Gary. <laughs> We've got a, a question here from Tabani Matehela, who says, Hi, uh, may I have the panel's view on Sibanye? The trading statement revealed a significant drop in earnings, and make, making one wonder if they will pay dividends or not. Uh, what's our thought there? Um, Uh, Alex, on Sibanya. I mean, I know there there was a little bit of, you know, nerves regarding the the Stillwater assets in the U.S., you know, with staff costs increasing, but where are
2: we now? Yeah, so we have lost quite a lot of conviction uh, in Sibanya over the last 18 or so months, um, and predominantly due to operational issues. Um, You know, so obviously the update in um, Stillwater, it was well expected, but it was very disappointing. Specifically, relative to the guidance they had when they initially bought the asset. Um, also, of course, the gold um, minor strike and had a big impact. Also, even in Rustenburg, operation the performance was quite bad. And you've always got this overhang of some sort of deal that's going to be going to be done. Um, you know, specifically offshore. Now, if you look at the deals they've done historically in SA, they've done fantastic deals. I mean, buying Marikana. Aquarius and so forth, they've made multiples of the money they paid for those assets. It's fantastic deals. And it's given them a the foundation of what the business is today. Stillwater hasn't really worked out that much thus far and it's unlikely going to add a lot of value medium term. So now the risk is what are you going to do with this sort of renewable type of assets they're looking to buy and so forth? So there's a lot of concern. Um, they're heavily geared, of course. So if you do see commodity prices strengthen or um, RAND weaken, they should kind of benefit from it. But we are just concerned about the c- continuous operational deterioration yeah. you know um, so um, it's cheap uh, cheap for a reason um it might, might as well rally 50 percent next six months who knows yeah but it's not a type of business we're comfortable holding for extended periods of time more of a opportunistic type of trade so i would say this level is probably a spec trade spec buy if you want if you're interested in that type of uh, investment fees okay
0: interesting alex uh, let's jump into you know our moment of truth uh What's your stock
1: pick for the evening, gary well i was you know, I was going to go short uh, astral actually just on the back of the uh the the tariffs um you, you know obviously the poultry tariffs not being extended. Um, also, the idea that I think that share price, you know, above 200 is probably a little bit overcooked, uh, given, you know, given the fact that that we do still have fairly high grain prices. And I think a lot of that is is the expectation that that uh, the input costs are going to fall. So I was going to go with a short on that. But then I realized that we're being tracked on these stock picks these days. So you know, you, you don't get an opportunity to exit on the business day show. But I do think I do think markets are high at the moment. I think this big rally that we've seen in the last, um, call it, call it six weeks has left a lot of things you know much more towards fair value and i think the the volatility is yet to to exit the market i think there's still real real concerns in in, in the global macro space so i'm actually going to sit on cash and and what i'm going to do is i'm not just going to hold cash and say oh cash and and, and do a cop-out i'm going to say go and look at the med bank twelve month fixed deposit. Yesterday they were they were um, offering retail clients eight uh, percent on money for, for a twelve month fixed deposit, which for me has got to be one of the best fixed deposit rates in the market on twelve month cash. You can see their eighteen month rate is about two percent lower than that. So there's actually a little yield curve inversion on their on their product. So I think I think <laughs> that might be an interesting thing to do. It's not gonna win me any any big prizes in, in the stock picking competition, but locking in eight percent over the next year with the given with the level of uncertainty that we have okay. is, my, is my stock pick for today.
0: You're you very bearish for some reason there, Gary. Uh, Alex, your pick?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm going for Caxton. Uh, they brought out a training statement today. It was a very strong trading statement. Yeah. If you take the midpoint of that earnings, it's growth about 120% year on year. In the first half, they gave 80%. So It gives you a good sense of how strong momentum it had in H2. This puts Caxton above a P of around about six, price to book of roughly about half. Um, but also more importantly, if you take the impact state, they've got 34% of impact. It's about 42% of Caxton's Ka- market cap, and then they've also got cash. You know, last time I reported over 1.6 billion of the market cap. So if you add the cash, the impact stake you're basically getting risk the business almost free, or very low multiple, and that the business is actually producing decent growth. Um, they're actually on lots of free cash flow. So we think uh, at these valuation levels, Impact is is far too cheap. Ah, oh, sorry, Caxton is far too cheap. Um, yes, we know, of course, in the media has quite a lot of stories about yeah. uh, the. A impact going back and forth, but there's massive value um, margin of safety in the cash valuation, and we think there's huge upside at these levels going forward. If they do want to buy out impact, they've got more than enough cash in the bank. Otherwise, you could expect, anticipate share buybacks, very good special dividends. And so forth so we're very comfortable buying at these levels
0: okay fantastic so gary is going with a short of astral foods and <laughs> you're going with uh you know buy caxton here with a catalyst and obviously lots of cash in the balance sheet thank you very much gentlemen uh thanks to my guests alex days from Umtombo wealth and gary Boyson from Rand swiss do join zinati for the friday edition of stock watch that's tomorrow at nineteen thirty. have a good evening it's waiting the